All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Hey guys, I'm extremely excited to have my good friend, Dr. Ashley here. I'm not even going to simply introduce her. I'm going to let her introduce herself because she has such a vast knowledge of health and wellness. We're going to be deep diving into how she started her business, what her business looks like today. And then of course, She's going to talk about the very thing that she does, because it's something that you definitely want to listen up to, especially if you've been dealing with longstanding health issues. So Dr. Ashley, thank you for being here. Can you tell everyone a little about you? So I have been trained as a doctor of Chinese medicine. I started in homeopathy first, flower essences, and I wanted to get more of a traditional education, I guess, if you can call acupuncture traditional (laughs) education but I've always been interested in how the emotions affect our system as well. So Chinese medicine is a really wonderful combination of herbs, lifestyle, food, and acupuncture and integrating movement as well and mindset. So I was gravitating toward that and I implemented in my practice today still. I have transitioned to a virtual practice. Currently, I was in practice at a busy functional medicine doctor's office in Beverly Hills for eight years. And I saw over 50,000 patients there. So I was able to get a really wonderful grasp on acupuncture and Chinese theory and nutrition. And now I've kind of combined that with my doctoral studies of epigenetics and how nutritional compounds can affect our genetic expression. And the same how we detox can affect our genetic expression. So I combine cellular detox, epigenetics, and traditional Chinese medicine theory for my clients that have generally chronic illness, and we want to get to the root cause of what's, what is actually driving that chronic disease and keeping it around. And what would you say are some of the most common things that you see in your practice? So this has been both personal experience and what I've seen over many, many labs with a lot of my clients are mold exposure, something that I work with a lot of my clients on, and I do find it more often than not. And a lot of my clients also have Lyme or some sort of Lyme co-infection in their past. Epstein-Barr reactivation, which again, often I've seen is actually caused by something else that is, you know, your system is weakened, allowing that to crop back up for you. And a lot, obviously a lot of, no, all, I know that one all too well, because that happened for me and it was such a pain in the ass. I could not get out of this cycle of feeling sick. And you were one of those people that actually suggested some of these other deep root causes. 
Right, because if you just chase each single bacteria, virus, spirochete, you're missing the whole picture of why is your system an environment that is allowing these to flourish, right? So again, often I see mold parasites, which go with the gut health and microbiome imbalances, candida, but again, the candida is often mold related or other fungal and yeast overgrowth related. So a lot of us, and that was me, I was chasing anti-candida diet, you know, for 20 years, moving sugar, all these things. And again, once I actually saw some of the other big factors at play in my health and in many other clients' health, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of barking up the wrong tree, right? Taking the antivirals for Epstein-Barr, which again, I love cat's claw and all these things, but you need to see why is this happening, right? And I've never seen one patient client where everything boils down to one issue, right? right. We have multiple layers. If we had one issue, it would be super simple. It would get better quickly, right? But I, I've yet to come across that. What helped you to formulate the system that you implement in your virtual practice? Meaning there are so many different tests. Do you have a way that you layer tests in? I know that there's a lot of functional medicine practitioners who would love to hear that because they always, you know, they struggle with that, especially when you're starting your business. You've seen so many clients so far has really given you an understanding of what works. Yes. So I... I do love the organic acid test. If somebody, you know, pricing can be an issue for a lot of clients. And so if they can only do one test, I often, that's the one I pick because we can tell so many things from it. But again, I've had more clients than not say, oh, I got that already. You know, my naturopath said I'm, I'm great. Maybe there's a little candida. And I explain to them, I usually spend 30 to 45 minutes going over this test on its own. So we dive deep and look at it in a different way than I would say most practitioners are trained in it. So I've been trained to look at it from, you know, just really looking at the overall picture, looking at the different markers and then seeing what's actually happening versus we don't, we don't just look at it like a regular lab test where if it says hi, you know, that's when you're already kind of in a diseased state. It's the same with functional labs too just because it does, isn't marked as high, but the whole page is about overgrowths, you need to take a look at that and see, are you in the optimal range or are you flagged high? Mm-hmm. So I use that, I use the mycotoxin test. Vibrant America has an amazing tick and viral panel. So if you are, think you might have Lyme co-infections, some viruses are included on one of those. So that's kind of nice to see if they're active. I don't use stool kits unless someone really has an affinity and love for the GI map. We'll do it, but I, I don't ever suggest it. I think why? Why? Because I know it's actually one of the corner pillars of so many uh, functional medicine practitioners. Yes, it is. So again, we don't always want to be chasing after just a specific bacteria, right? We want to kind of see what's going on. Also, for parasites, they almost never will come back on the lab. And so they're useless. And plus you're not catching any of the parasites in any of the other organs like liver flukes, gallbladder, lungs, you know, they can reside all over the place. So I just tell people I would much rather them spend their money on something to help them than that particular test. I have used the Dutch, use that quite a bit. If there's a hormonal or adrenal stress cortisol issue, But again, a lot of these other factors will throw the hormones off. So I don't generally do that in the beginning because 
you know, mold will throw off hormones, sometimes the viruses, but again, the overall, your, your hormonal system will not work properly if you're overburdened with these overgrowths. And if you have something impacting your system on a much more systemic level, like a mycotoxin exposure. And so with your clients and with the people that you've seen, what would you say are some of the uncommon signs? Because I think as practitioners, we often have our own health issues. We have our own health story and I would love to hear yours, but what would you say are some of the uncommon signs that people don't associate their, their hormonal imbalances with? Well, definitely mold exposure. They wouldn't think that that the mold exposure can be throwing off their hormones. It also can impact how they, they detox, which then again can affect the hormone system and So a lot of times people, they just don't put them, you know, the things together. So example, another one that I see often is mold exposure and Hashimoto's, right? It can be a root cause of that, but you're going after thyroid antibodies and trying to optimize the thyroid without ever, ever getting to the root cause of why is your thyroid reacting this way? Why is your immune system reacting? And, and then again, we see that with there's even just foods that can really impact that. So that's a bit more common. And I think people know about gluten and Hashimoto's, but again, it's so individual, right? And again, and so many layers that it's not quite so easy to always say, okay, remove gluten and, and then the Hashimoto's will go away. It's, it's, there's some people, right? But not common for everybody. It's not, it's a multi-layer issue. And let's see, I'm trying to think uncommon, I would say, what I would say actually is trickier is that, yeah, is that we, you know, there's all of these things that actually fall under all of these different presenting diseases, right? They call Lyme the great imitator. Mold disease, mycotoxin exposure, if you look at the symptoms to Lyme, they almost all overlap. And then you have some that are very specific for thyroid and, and hormonal issues. But again, even looking at low hormones versus excessive hormones with estrogen dominance, that's very confusing as well, because you can have some of the same symptoms, or even on a Dutch test, you can actually have low amounts of estrogen, but still be estrogen dominant when it's just the ratio of them. So as you know, it's really confusing, right? And, but I'd say so many people have joint pain, brain fog, headaches to migraines, obviously major food sensitivities. That's, that is just off the charts now that, you know, we're becoming more and more sensitive to all types of foods and big categories and histamine issues are becoming more and more popular. And I feel like everyone's chasing a diagnosis where again, I don't, I'm not as concerned of what somebody has, but why they have it, right? Is it a mitochondrial issue? Like what's impacting your mitochondria that are causing this to happen? are parasites or mold impacting your immune system function and then allowing all of these bugs and spirochetes and things to flourish and viruses. Tell everyone a little about your own story and kind of what led you down this path. Sure. So let's see what one day I was maybe 25. I think I woke up and I couldn't, it like really, really hurt to walk and my ankles hurt so bad. It was as if I'd sprained both of my ankles. And so I went to my regular GP and she said, oh, you probably have some sort of autoimmune thing because your grandmother has lupus and, and had RA and you, nothing will probably show up on labs for maybe 10 years, if it ever does. 
And I said, okay, but what do I do about it? And she said, there's nothing to do. You just wait and see. And, you know, I said, well, what about diet? And she said, nothing, you know, there's some people that don't eat nightshades, right? At the time, that was the thing that she didn't really even know about much anyway, but she said, there's usually anti-arthritis diet. So you could try this. Meanwhile, I'm 25, right? Right. And I was just starting acupuncture school. And so I was thinking, well, this is not right, or there must be something I can do. So at that point, I, you know, was looking into removing gluten and dairy and that really helped. But as soon as I ever ate it, it came back. So it would hurt, hold my cell phone, you know, anything. I also had migraines at the time too. And so one day, even this was like the last day I ate gluten, <laughs> like knowingly, right. I mean, many years ago now, like 10 years ago, and I had a one so bad. I was like vomiting, had to get, leave my office in a wheelchair because I couldn't stand up and I was just throwing up. It was all from a migraine I had because I had eaten this delicious sandwich <laughs> an hour earlier. And yeah, I just was, you know, just thinking this is crazy. I can't function or work from seemingly what I thought were foods. Right. And, and had also lots of chronic neck pain and things like that. So anyway, I've just, as my years have progressed and, you know, realize it's not necessarily about the food, the food is kind of like throwing gasoline on the flame that's already burning. And it was just food for these critters in my system that would create toxins, you know, after I fed them basically, or when I would kill them with antimicrobials and things. So I learned more and more about the different layers of this, but I went the traditional route, you know, tested heavy metals, Epstein bar, which I didn't have. I ended up getting Hashimoto's and then went on uh, thyroid medication, but that's been since resolved and gone. So thyroid's all back to normal. And, but again, this, I would get these chronic, you know, joints were a weakness and migraines and things like that. So, but now I've, through various practitioners that I've studied with, I have focused a lot more on the different layers of detox and things that I really hadn't addressed. And then when I added in the epigenetics piece of, I could see why I had some weaknesses in areas of detox, and then also why certain things were more impactful for my system than others. And so that kind of helped me guide my protocol in a, in a more impactful way. And let's even talk about, I mean, you were 25 years old and I know a lot of people, I know I had my health crisis at 25. Uh Tell me kind of in your opinion, what are some of the factors that we're seeing? Why we have so many, as you said, food allergies on the rise, hormonal issues, what's really impacting this world? Uh, Yeah. So our, well, most people are familiar kind of like with the body burden or the bucket, right? Picture. So I think the thing is, is we, there's only so much the system can take. And unfortunately our world just, we have a lot of exposures, right? So I was an emergency C-section baby at the time. My mom was informed by her doctor that formula was better, right? Than breast milk. So I was formula fed. I was sick all the time with strep infections. And so I always drinking that, you know, bubble gum amoxicillin yeah. a lot as a child and grew up in Texas in the South. There was, you know, lots of spraying. We used to use off all the time on our body, which my dad still does, even though I tell him. 
you know, there's just, I grew up in the eighties. It was, we ate well, but then you would have Slurpees and Cokes and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so as an adult, that changed because I noticed that I was sensitive to perfume, actually, even in high school, you know, I would hug a friend and they were wearing escape or something and I would get a headache. And I thought that's so weird because nobody else is that way. Right. And it got worse and worse. I remember after college, I couldn't, I threw away all my perfume because if I would put it on, I got a headache pretty quickly. And so then I realized, well, then I started researching about skincare chemicals and perfume and went down all of that with plastics, which is again, why I'm so against plastics and, and chemicals that disrupt the hormones, because I ended up with a fibroid also that was like very large. And so I was looking into all those things that create how the estrogen can feed things. And again, something else too, and this is a big thing that's, it's not my specialty, but other people have amazing information just on this is the birth control pill, right? I was on that maybe almost 20 years. And I think that had a same thing. Yeah. I did the same thing and then got off birth control and my period didn't even come back right away. It took, I was like, it often can take up to a year, which is crazy. Right. But I do think that that was another, you know, for someone who's so clean predominantly, but you know, I did take one medication for 20 years almost. So, and I just think that we, we don't realize again, and I know this from skincare, right? That basically you're just before a woman gets out the door, she's put on over 200 chemicals just on a very basic routine, even if you're kind of minimal. And so I was looking at that because that's something that we can control. You know, we pick what goes on and in our body. And so where the, some of the things in the air and the water, it's a little bit harder to have, you know, have that always be clean because you can't always minimize that exposure. But that, that was a really big area that I switched up. And I love helping people switch to because it's really important to me. Right? Take control of. Yeah. And that, because so many things you can't, right. So even if you eat organic, when you go out to restaurants, it isn't right. Or like I eat grass fed meat, but when I go out to eat, it's not right. And so the things that are seemingly health foods aren't really in an uncontrolled environment. So there's a lot we can do. And then there's a lot that we can't, right. So that's a good reminder to clean up your products. Yes. Yeah. And I had, I was so adamant about it. I started a skincare company with my best friend in acupuncture school and we had everything in glass, no chemicals, sorry, no, you know, no toxic chemicals, things like that. As everyone says, Oh, everything's a chemical. So I understand that, but with nothing, no preservatives. And it was all basically edible, all plant, everything and in glass, right. Really crucial about that. So we, I was, I've been on a mission on a mission for a long time to help people clean up just that part, especially for them when they haven't had kids yet, people wait till they're pregnant to start putting on clean products or once they've had a baby. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, all when you were pregnant though, right? you know, that the, the baby absorbs toxins to help protect the mom. So when she's eating things or putting things on her body, that's the baby's job. And so these children are coming out with all, we've seen the cord blood studies, right? They have so many chemicals just before they've even begun. And I think that is one of the biggest thing because all of these, so many kids have food sensitivities and full-blown allergies now, like anaphylactic reactions. And so it's just more and more where, 
as my, my daughter's 10 or nine and almost 10. And when she was in preschool, right, you, you weren't allowed to use anything with nuts because there were so many kids that had anaphylactic yeah. reaction. And when I was a child, I didn't know anybody that had I that. Think, I think I knew maybe one person that had that issue, but it was so far in between. Yeah. And now their child has to carry an EpiPen. They have EpiPens with them in case something happens. And, you know, for the moms and dads that have children like that, it's so scary because we think that people are aware, but you're really not, you know? And so it's like every time they're going to a birthday party or even off to school, something really potentially horrible can happen, right? Because their child is so sensitive and so hyper-reactive. No, I definitely saw a lot of that in my business as well when I worked with families. I mean, that was one of my biggest income producing issues was that they had so many kids that had allergies, gut issues, allergies. So tell me about for a coach listening who has, of course, their business and they want to take it virtual. What are some of the lessons that you learned from doing? Sure. So, well, I had been doing it for a while before all of this happened and people, you know, didn't know what zoom was. So it's actually much easier at this point, I think. And people have at least seen how there's, it can be convenient, especially if you're a parent and you live in, like I live in a big city and it takes forever to go to drive to an appointment, have the appointment, come back and still pick up kids in one day. It's almost impossible. Right. So I would say focusing on the ease of that. And again, especially for parents or moms, it's really nice to be able to, you know, half the time the child's sitting on the mom's lap or something, right? Yeah. When you have an appointment, if if you need to do that. And I sought out someone to figure out how to go virtual. And that was really, really helpful, very impactful. And again, I met, it was fun to kind of be around people that had the same vision. Right. So as an acupuncturist, it seems like impossible. Right. Why would someone go virtual? And everyone always asked me, how are you virtual if you're doing acupuncture? And so then I explained that I don't really do acupuncture anymore. I have this functional medicine practice and focus more on long term cellular detox with clients. But I think the thing is, too, is really getting into what your specialty is, right? Because the the online space, there's so many people, but no one will do it how you do it, right? And your unique combination of what you bring to the table. So, but there are a lot of systems get in place. As you know, you help people with that all the time. And And then again, I think too, maybe having some sort of a team, right? Because you can't do everything and you can't do it well. I would say, because a lot of us are practitioners and not necessarily into marketing and, you know, all the, there's so much admin to do right on the virtual side of a practice, as well as in an in-person practice. So I would say having a VA or something is also really important to help you. But again, you speak to, you have so much information on like structure and systems and options because it is a lot, right? But how do you structure your sessions? If somebody comes to you and they are signing up with you new, what is kind of your onboarding? Sure. So I used to have a complimentary discovery session. I don't always, I just don't have it on the website, but I, I will do that for a referral or somebody that I know just to see. And I have an initial consultation that's anywhere from 45 minutes to 60 minutes And then I have options for private one-on-one coaching. 
and I have six to 12 month options or longer. And then I have an online digital program that's more of a kind of a six month gut health reset. So it's all based on root cause medicine, but again, for the people that aren't that sick, right. And, or they just want to clean up their diet, feel better. Again, that's more of like the hormonal issues in there. But when, when people have chronic layers of Lyme or mold exposure or just illness, they don't mystery illness, right? They don't know what's wrong. Yeah. They still don't have a diagnosis. That's my favorite thing is solve the health puzzle, get to the layers and then implement their program. But that's one-on-one coaching because it, it is very complicated. And a yeah. lot of people have come, you know, they've seen multiple practitioners and I hear this a lot. They're like, but my naturopath doesn't deal with mold. And I said, yeah, so that's why you need to come to someone that knows it because I see what people have been given. And honestly, it's not going to work. There's a lot of information, right? As you know, information's changing all the time on what works, what doesn't. And again, everyone is very unique too. So what might work for somebody else, you know, obviously would need to be tweaked for another client based on all of their individual needs. And if you could, I really appreciate you answering that because so many, so many coaches, I feel have such a tough time developing that onboarding process for people mm-hmm. and kind of what works. And I love that you differentiated between who's ideal for what program and really mm-hmm. knowing that. And it is hard for financing, right? I wish I could help everybody. I wish I could put everybody into my digital program, but I can't, right? And so then I had to get better at saying to them and knowing if you know, and they might not be able to do it is say, honestly, that program's not going to work for you. Like you need more support than that. Yeah. And it's, I think people are, you know, often there's the people that they want support and they, you know, maybe have the funds to do it. And then there's a lot of people that are trying to get like, not the, they're, they need more and they don't have the ability to do it at that point. Yep. And so it has been harder for me to, to say, honestly, I don't think that that's, that, that this is what you need. But it's, it's, it would be doing them a disservice if not. It is. And it's, you know, it it was so against my nature always, because I just wanted to help everybody and then discounted and like, well, let's figure out how to make it work. And, and so that's something that honestly, it is so much work when you're working with someone one-on-one, I mean, in time and they need that time from me. And then. So it's, it's a, it is a big commitment, but again, they've been sick, honestly, mostly for decades and the things they've been doing haven't been working. I love that because I love that part of the confidence that has to come in when we're building our business. I know that I dealt with that kind of attitude where I'll discount somebody. And then what I realized is there wasn't the same skin in the game. Mm-hmm. as if that person came and paid fully. And sometimes there were people who just needed a jump start. Right. Or they needed much more, yeah. but they were at least trying to get some pieces of the puzzle solved. Yeah. And that's, and I created this program because I can't work with everyone and the same, you know, they can get uh, quite a bit of information. It's just, yeah, they're, you know, there's just different ways to go about it too. And again, of course, people have different price points that they can implement at whatever time, but I still wish, you know, I I haven't implemented scholarships or things like that yet, but 
you know, I, there is, and then there is something to, I think there's the exception when you have somebody who is really in it that hasn't invested, but often it is a bit challenging. Well, I love this open conversation about your business, your story, and I think so many of the other health issues that are happening. I know many of us as coaches, we make the mistake of just going after the symptom instead of looking at the root cause. So tell everyone who either needs to hire you or is referring people to you where they can find you. Sure. So I'm on Instagram as Dr. Ashley Beckman. And my website is drashley.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y.com. And there's a lot of information on there. But again, if you want to see Instagram lives and how I interact, you know, or have people on, that's a great place, right, to get some information. And yeah, you can just reach out and email me and I can, we can set something up too. And what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for that coach who is going virtual? I would say find somebody that shows people how to do that, right? There's so many moving pieces. Do you implement, do you have training on that at all? Not how to go virtually specifically, but I always say. I mean, I can say who I, who I, there's a really lovely group of, there's Dr. Isaac Jones. He has something called Health Experts Alliance. And when I saw his information, this was maybe four years or plus ago now, I was like, that's exactly what I want to do, right? And so then he has the structure, the framework, and and it's a lovely group of like-minded practitioners that get the same vision, right? Like they, they want to not be a chiropractor in an office that's high volume. Like they want to have their online programs and, and the transition or have both right? There's a lot of people that have both while they're building, which is what I did for a couple of years. And then because it it is a big transition, it's not like you can just all of a sudden have a virtual practice while, you know, removing your brick and mortar. So I wouldn't necessarily suggest that (laughs) (laughs) unless you had a nice savings and, you know, and then we're investing in the new online venture. And I love the part that you brought up that I think is such a great place to close, which is that clarity that's required when you're in the online space and for you to get really niche down and specific on what you are offering to set yourself apart from other people. I think that's an important part. And I think some of that also comes with our confidence and our coaching style and kind of learning not only what lights us up, but what we're really good at. Yeah. And the thing is too, is obviously with, you know, all other practitioners, we treat so many things, right. And I have, again, in 12 months, I'm covering gut parasites, mold, you know, possible Lyme, metals, radiation, viruses. But do I talk about that all the time? No, because you need to focus the marketing on who's going to come to you and for what reason. But even with mold exposure, every single client that has come to me didn't know they had it. So then you're in this issue of, well, do I focus my marketing on mold when all of my clients actually, none of them came to me for that. I'm the one that said, I think you have this. And so it is very interesting. But again, I do find that people that have the most success in that regard, you do have to niche down your marketing because you need to find the people that you're speaking to and that are seeking out help in what you offer, even though you offer support in many areas. Yeah. Right. 
So, I mean, and you talk about that all the time with niching down and, and how, and we had that conversation how many times, right? I'm like, but I love this and I love this and, and I do this too. And, you know, and if you talk to anyone in another world too, that doesn't understand marketing, they're like, why would you put yourself into, you know, a corner and you only talk about this, but you do, you know, you act like a general practitioner. And so it's very interesting, but marketing wise, you know, and focus, that's what is required and, and beneficial, right? And knowing, I think the most important is you're so clear on your ideal client's pain points and, and what yeah. is a problem for them. I think knowing that and being able to express that in our marketing, but most importantly, figure out why she buys. Right. Why is she actually going to buy that program from you? And is it set up to make the most wins for her? Yeah. And that's, again, that with the, the transformation that is created, right? And the same of do they see themselves in what you're putting out, right? Yeah. And a lot of, for a lot of us, I'm sure there are some people that work in a niche that's not something they've been through, but for most of us, we are the ideal client, right? Often. And so I think that can be helpful. But then again, if you have some of your clients that can, you can ask and say, what was it, right? That got you to actually sign up with me or thought that I could really help you, right? And I think, yeah, the confidence piece is a big one because there are some clients I talk to and, you know, just, I'm like, no, we can, this is good. This is exactly what I do. Yeah. You're in your hands and we can resolve this, right? It's going to take a while, but we can resolve it. And then other people you know, it's very interesting because people look at different places, right? So I had, I just am redoing my website and because it hadn't been done in three, four years and multiple people said, oh, there, you don't talk about mold on there. And I'm thinking, do people read websites anymore? <laughs> and you know what I mean? I'm like, but my Instagram, it's all over the place. So I don't know. You know what I mean? I had focused because you hear these things like email marketing, you know, dead. No one looks at a website. But they do. I and, really think they do. I think if yeah. you can get somebody to your website and yeah. you have a great prominent opt-in freebie that's yeah. solving a problem or bringing them in on what is their desired outcome, yeah. people are going to stay there and read it. I always read homepages and about me. And that was way before I even became a coach. Right. Yeah. If I was going to hire somebody, I definitely was going to go and investigate them. But yeah, and I think we get into the... I don't want to say trap, but sort of the new thing. So like Instagram for some people or Facebook, whatever it might be, you know, has video or has things that we're, it's a different way of digesting information, but it's not a lot of information, right? Yeah. But you have, you feel, I think people feel like maybe they have a bit more of a glimpse into your world, but the website, you know, that's where it's all of all the things you've studied and you can talk about your yeah. theories and, and, the things that people I feel do actually really need in order to sign up where the others more of maybe an impulse. Right. Yeah. But so, yeah, I think it's all important, but again, I had kind of veered away because I just thought, Oh, you know, do people look at that? But they, they 100% do. So yeah. And you'll probably add some updates about mold because I do think it's one of those things when you start talking about it, people are really interested. Yeah, no, and I, I didn't even have, I talk about root cause all the time and people, you know, so many people are like, I don't know what that is. So 
we get stuck in our language, right, of being in this health world, and we know what things are. But in general, you have, well, you have some patients that are very informed, right? And then you have other patients that are clients, sorry, that are, you know, they don't know the terminology, they just know they don't feel well, and they don't know why, right? And so I think you have to cater to all of that. And of course, I mean, it makes sense that your website needs to reflect what you're doing right now. Right. So I did, I did that last week. (laughs) (laughs) So an update, so an update for the website, I would definitely add in some mold. I think what's really cool is when we actually on our website say like, what is a root cause? Yeah. I have a whole, I have a page on it or functional medicine page. It has this lovely graphic, right. With all of this things that people think they're treating, but they're all symptoms. And then what are actual possible options of that are all creating the layers that we need to address or look at. And so again, a nice combination, right. Of a visual with a graphic, with uh, a lot of information because people do absorb information differently. So yeah, I'm one for graphics and to have the verbiage there, because I think, I think we are very visual people and I'm so glad that you updated your website. So tell us your, your website's drashley.com. All right, guys, if you are struggling in your own health issue, I always say hire a coach, find a really good one. And Dr. Ashley is definitely that person I would suggest. Check out her Instagram because she does have a lot of very amazing high value stuff that you would definitely be interested in. So thank you so much for being here today. Of course, it's my pleasure. (laughs) All right, guys, we will see you later. Bye. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys soon.